This week's episode of Probably Science is brought to you by The Great Courses Plus. For access to all of their courses for one month for absolutely no cost, visit thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. This episode is also brought to you by our brand new sponsor, the MSNBC School of Mathematics. That is the MSNBC School of Mathematics bringing you such gems as this. Um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. Got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads, U.S. population $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does. It, it is does an incredible way. Could have bought every one of them a calculator. There, there's too much money in politics, uh, and it makes it difficult because what we want. In- that that once again is the MSNBC School of Mathematics, oh, man. where if the teacher yeah. has five apples and three students, every student gets a million apples. <laughs> yeah. Probably <laughs> science. Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. Little longer intro than usual, yeah, but there we well, go. We, sometimes we have two sponsors. So we, we do, to, we, we have, have two extra. real sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> one uh, of which can help you learn all about anything you want to study, and one of which can give you a very specific set of non-skills yep. in mathematics. Uh, I'm Matt Kirshen. I'm Andy Wood. Hey Andy, we got a double Canadian guest. Yes. Yeah. Two Canadians. Uh, we, uh, we, we normally, I, I think this is the most Canadians we've ever had on the show at any one time. I, I, That's enough. I, I Am I wrong never, about that? We probably never top fifty percent. Yeah, those are the voices of Sharon Mahoney and of Byron Bertram. Do you know why Los Angeles is actually the fifth biggest Canadian city? Apparently, mm. there's like three hundred thousand of us northern assholes coming down here to try and suck off your well, potential wonder, just, fame and fortune. Just by the size of it, I wonder how many things, how many countries you could say that about for L.A. and New York. I bet there are a bunch of countries where that would be true. Oh yeah, I think the Aussies have, have supplanted their. Like, are there there are more? Well, I guess this is a nebulous because it's like a religion slash ethnicity, but like there are definitely more Jews outside of Israel than in, right? Yeah, I think, the I think there's some all, way. I, I need to check what, how accurate the stat is, but there's. I think New York has more Jewish people than, than the whole nation of Israel. I could be wrong. Let me, let me, but that could be bullshit. I will look it up because we have I the I, internet. I know, I know Boston or New York have way more Irish people than Ireland. Is that true? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, as that's far as Irish descent. Right, right. Well, that's, yes. You, yeah, you're like, talking about actual... Oh, no, actual... If you say that to an Irish expats, person, they will or... literally castrate you. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Look. Yeah. But you're saying Canadian citizens who are living in Los Angeles. Yes. This is the fifth biggest city of those people. Apparently, yeah. After Toronto, After, I think Vancouver. what goes, yeah. So go Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, uh, Calgary and then like Los Angeles, Ottawa? then oh. Ottawa, or, something oh, okay. like, or maybe Ottawa, man, something like that. That's but, uh, those are most of the Canadian cities I know. Oh no, Winnipeg. I can name some more. <laughs> man, you're good with Canadian geography. Right. I have oh, been man. to a lot of uh, Canadian. Those two tours we were talking about just before we started recording are. They took me to some remarkably small towns in in Canada. I've been to some places where I've told Canadian touring comics, and they're like, I have never been there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't like strangers in our town. Yeah. When we find them, we hunt them down. Saskatoon. Have you been to Saskatoon? That's not a real thing, is it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Wait, that the- Saskatoon? I have been to the... But I've been, I've been like the little towns around there. Yeah. 
Wait, is there also a Saskatoon, or am I thinking of the same place, but it's not pronounced the way I think it's pronounced? It's a Saskatoon. Saskatoon. Saskatoon is different from... Is there also a Saskatoon? There's a Saskatoon, and it's Saskatoon. And there's Vagina, Saskatchewan. it's so cold, that's what... Every city comes with a stutter once it hits, like... There's Vagina, Saskatchewan. Yeah. By the way, it's close, but there are... As far as I can tell, there are more Jewish people in Israel than New York. But it's still... There are over a million Jewish people in New York, and... Which is, again, a different thing because it's a religion that somehow Yeah, Israel's population with. is around 9 million and around 75% okay. of it's Jewish. There is, it? there is a place on Vancouver Island called Fanny Bay. And lots of my uh, British and Australian friends <laughs> love going to Fanny Bay. Uh, I've never been there, but I have been to Fanny Bay. So... <laughs> <laughs> Have you entered I've Fanny ne- Bay? I, it's a state of mind. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to Fanny Bay, but I've never been to me. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's that from again? I know the reference, but I don't know it. Uh, that's uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Oh, it's a song from that? Yeah. I've been to but that, paradise. But it's not originally from that film. Never been to me. I didn't know they had original songs in that. I assumed it was all like show tunes or standards or something. Uh, we did a podcast about that a couple years ago. TV. Yeah, no, the song is from... Uh, hang on, it's at least predates, or at least goes back to 1977. Yeah, but it was a, it was a real it was a, one of the uh, tunes from Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It was a uh, was originally written by Ron Miller and Kenneth Hirsch, the and famous. made popular by American singer Charlene. Are, are you are you, you song explaining me? Yeah, you are song explaining me. I cannot believe it. Yeah, you're off by I a couple of decades. I'm so triggered right you now. You have the audacity to come onto our podcast and be two decades wrong. I'm so triggered. You know what sucks? The uh, the internet just uh, it just kills all arguments now, right? Wikipedia, That's everything. Yeah. yeah, you can't just be like, no, it's that. No, it's that. Look it up. Uh, Actually, there are some arguments that the internet doesn't kill. Okay. And it, <laughs> just, this is I'm so on the Wikipedia meta. page right now for arguments that the internet can't kill. And no, I fucking. Like it. I like it. Uh, so, <laughs> Monty oh, I just got it now. Boom. Uh, so that's be- not an argument. Before we get deep into questions, into the stories, rather, uh, both Sharon and Byron, we'd like to ask our guests before we get into the stories: What, if anything, is your background in science? And that has ranged from a teacher I liked or hated at school, or I used to blow stuff up in the woods with my friends, or I had uh, I have a full master's degree in a science subject. Oh, well, I could I could tell you I, I barely I the only reason I, I graduated high school is because I cheated of Chinese kids. So okay. I'm just like, come on, what is E equal? It's like, do you own home or Byron? It's like, come on, give it to me. Uh, you know, so I was just literate with science. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm math and science, but I was really good with oral presentations. So I get Chinese kids to do all the work, and then I do like some oral presentation. Was, I was do, Was we, there a heavy Chinese population in your school? I went it to sounds an, like you were largely I went, to an, all, I went to an all Asian high school, yeah. Okay. I was one of the few white kids there. I was a black sheep, except the opposite color. <laughs> and uh, He was a token honky. I was the token honky in my. Uh, school, but yeah, what I, city again? It was Vancouver. Vancouver. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess that has a huge age population. It does, yeah. But I barely got through in, uh, science and math, but uh, I got through. But science, what do I remember? I remember making in uh, a science fair. I made a volcano out of paper mache. One of those baking soda, vol- uh, baking soda vinegar. The ones? baking soda vinegar yeah. ones, and then it just melted Some the dye. whole thing. And yeah. Uh, and then I was really, I got really upset because somebody made a better one. They had like a whole pump contraption, and I was uh, like, I remember started crying because. Yeah, that's not right. How was how is there a pump contraction? Like a little pump thing at the bottom where it just pumps out lava, 
is me. I just put in the baking soda and just, and then I just. I mean, yeah. I guess I guess neither one is really that accurate to what happens in a volcano. But yeah. at least, like, I don't know, something seems more like fair about yours. Even though, like, the reactions of acids <laughs> and bases has nothing to do with volcanic eruption. Right. It's just, it's almost like two science experiments in one, or demonstrating a thing that's not really related. But yeah, right. Cheating with pumps. I don't even remember any any science fair things that I did because I always remember thinking like, well, how could I possibly come up with a thing that hasn't already been done? And then I don't, I don't know why I didn't just be like, well, who cares if it's been done? You just you just do it, you know? Right. <laughs> I thought there was like some actual level of uh, you're only supposed to have a project that would actually break new ground, which of course would be impossible for most science fairs. Right. But yeah, I think when you do that, you make the papers. Yeah, yeah. You make the international press. It does happen, but it's like not. But I I had a judge a science fair a couple years ago, and um, as long as people were doing the correct methodology, it didn't really matter what the results were. You're just like, oh, that's good work. You did actually set this up in the right way. And someone had like, I think one of the best design ones, even if the results weren't actually what they were hoping for, was just like whether plants grow better when played uh, Taylor Swift songs. She actually, actually <laughs> set funny. it up well and controlled it well. I don't think the results were that it did, but uh, it was like Taylor Swift songs in high school. Man, you're young, eh? No, no I said I, I was judging one recently. Oh, sorry, you're judging of this one. Podcast. I, th- I forgot why I even was was there, but I was one of the ones judging it. And like, yeah, it wasn't about whether it was whether you found the thing you were hoping to find. It was whether you set it up correctly. And right, it, right. Yeah, yeah. So what, a, what about you, Sharon? Oh my God, um, I. Uh, I remember doing a science fair in grade seven about do fo- frozen beans sprout. That was my big breakthrough in science. Oh. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I liked, I, have, I did science in high school, never went past that. Uh, I ha- came from sort of a science family. My dad was a physician and my brother is a physician. And then I studied theater arts, hashtag disappointment. So yeah, I was basically considered maybe on the special needs spectrum <laughs> for some reason i don't know what happened but yeah lots of science in uh a lot of science in my family but i uh for some reason it wasn't didn't didn't really uh it wasn't my uh my passion but i do love i love i love science i love medicine i mm-hmm. love i love uh anatomy but um yeah i remember studying physics and stuff and when i was in high school i was just kind of like completely ADHD, just like what I don't even know what they're talking about. But now I actually find it more interesting now than I did then. I think that's something we hear a lot on the show is yeah. people who really didn't enjoy it at school suddenly like, oh no, I now watch a load of science shows and yeah. read a load of science articles. I'm like that with history too. I thought it was so, but Canadian history is so boring. It's just like, you know, you got the American uh, Revolution. We just like kind of waited it out. We're like, and then we signed a paper and England just said, all right, do you want to lease our land? And you're yeah. like, oh, that's pretty boring. What year was that? I don't even. I should know more about Canadian history. Oh, uh, we we became uh, a country in eighteen sixty-seven. Really? Yeah. That I thought it was well before that. Wow. Yeah. No, you guys are ninety ninety years older. Oh, hundred. No. Yeah, ninety years. Post our Civil War. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Two years after. We just Civil had our hundred fiftieth birthday a few years ago. Yeah, we did. Oh, was that a big to do? Yeah, we had a coin commemorating it. Yeah, that's, that's a huge deal in Canada. Yeah, getting a new coin. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did everyone? Um, I remember when Michigan turned 150. That's where I grew up, and everybody was uh, all excited about learning the word sesquicentennial. <laughs> just, was that a word that was thrown around a lot or not? For people to say 150. Uh, yeah, we just said, oh, it's, what, it's, it's one and a half. It's sesqu- sesquicentennial is the 150. Oh, that's funny. I never even heard that word before. Yeah, it was like one of those things where like all the. Uh, 
spelling bees and things in Michigan that, that right. year were... Speaking of... Sp- I've only you know. heard that word, it, but only in that context. Right. Speak, what else would you use it? Speaking of spelling bees and science, I remember just being really proud of myself at the age of 12 for knowing how to spell photosynthesis. Oh, yeah. I was like, guess who knows how to spell photosynthesis? This guy right here. It's a lot of syllables. You can't do times tables or shit, but I could spell photosynthesis. Keep trying to find different ways to... <laughs> Crowbar it into essays. <laughs> yeah, big time. Anytime I could just drop photosynthesis, I thought I was the man. She got extra points for that. Yeah. yeah. Just <laughs> like writing creative writing essay. And as he walked past the photosynthesis of the plants. <laughs> but do you ever hear the word, pho- do you ever hear photosynthesis in any conversation ever anymore? It's only as a reference to a generic science thing that you learned in high- in school. Yeah, nobody ever like talks about it. a punchline right? for, yeah. It should come up more. I don't that know why. Mitochondria. <laughs> yes. Mitochondria. Powerhouse, Powerhouse like, the cell. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All I remember is like mitochondria, mitochondria, mitochondria. That's and, all we talked and about. And Oxbow Lakes. In high school. Oh, so, yeah. That's another song. AKA Billabongs, right? Is that what a billabong is? I believe a billabong is an I thought a billabong lake. is just any watering hole. I thought that's just a swear word Australians say. You <laughs> fucking billabong? Yeah. Let's go to the internet <laughs> to settle this debate. Billabong, besides a brand of Is there a body of water in billabong? It is... I'm getting the brand and not the... Yeah, it's... Yeah, well or done. Was it an Australian term for Knoxville? Well Lake? done, Billabong, oh, okay, the, clo- right. the or- clothing company, because you have massively yeah. overpowered the, ori- the origin. Specific- a small lake specifically in Oxbow Lake? All right. Yeah. A Billabong sounds like a long tube where you smoke marijuana out of it. It does, yeah. yeah. And or play um, droney music. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, you mind keeping your noise down? You fucking Billabong's just keeping me up at night, mate. Just, yeah, so, yeah. just so the listeners at home know, because this is going to blow your mind, but all of those noises and voices were just done by our guests just then. What? Yeah. <laughs> I thought we just... Yeah, you think that we were playing a sound effect CD <laughs> yeah. uh, of like a real didgeridoo and then a real Australian, but actually those were just... They just did that with their mouths. Yeah, <laughs> you would think they just imported some Aborigine in and just a rare bird. Yep. But, but nope, nope, just a couple Canadians with voices. Those are pretty good didgeridoo impressions, i got to say. I can't do one that good. Wow. <laughs> I... <laughs> I can, but I didgeridoo-don't. No, no. <laughs> Did you, oh. <laughs> Boom. I like the science of Mongolian throat singing. Oh, I'm very fascinated with that. I've, yeah. Have you seen uh, Genghis Blues? No. The documentary about Paul Pena? Paul Pena, no. Uh, the, the guy who wrote Jet Airliner is this blind musician from San Francisco in the 80s, I want to say, and he just checked out these tapes from the San Francisco Public Library of throat singing and taught himself oh, to wow. do it, and then went over to Tuva to their annual throat singing competition that oh, that's hadn't awesome. ever had any outsiders there it was like a locals only kind of thing and he was like well, it's not like it, it's not a kind of thing where he comes in and defeats the uh, <laughs> as much as it's just like a feel good like they welcome him and are excited right. that an outsider wants to and that's also a country that like Richard Feynman was Yoko has, Ono uh, there? She, there were some celebrities I think Richard Feynman might, might have even been in the movie I forgot if it, the uh, um, I, you no, no you, one else came with us uh, the other month to see the who Oh right, they did. Two, they did throat singing. Yeah, so it's oh, if I think they're playing the UK and they're Europe in Ireland. pretty soon. They're in Ireland. Are they right? Wait, wait, hang on. Are you thinking of the Who? Yeah, are you talking about the Who? I'm not talking about the Who. <laughs> who are you the talking about? Who. I'm talking about the Who. Who are you talking H- about? H U the Who, oh. which is a <laughs> it's like Mongo- an Asian. It's a Mongolian folk metal band. Oh, oh that's awesome. God, that's so incredible. they're basically like a metal band, but they're. They're playing traditional. They're also playing. They've got drums and guitars, but they've, they're also playing traditional Mongolian instruments. And their singing is using. Thro- they're using oh throat God. singing for the vocals. Final tap. That's amazing. 
It's Nigel Tufnell on the mandolin. Yeah. It's great. Did they grow up on the mean streets of South Central Ulaanbaatar? <laughs> <laughs> That's another uh, word I like to. Can you guys, if you could do a digital impression, can you do a throat singing impression, or can you throat sing? I don't know. I'm gonna say. I'm yeah. doing those upside down tours, like. It always hurts when I try it. That's the sound I make when I'm making love. All right, let's go into stories. By the way, speaking of Genghis Blues, I'm surprised Genghis Khan. Oh, there we go. Oh, I wanted to say though that I saw this competition where it was women um, doing husband calling contests, and they do it at fairs in the South of America, and they're just they just like go. And they, it's a real competition. And then one of them Whether the husbands out. come or not is how you determine whether they did a good job. Or or whether, how, how, the husbands how start from the furthest the away. go inside of their abdomen is the winner. <laughs> That's more. The husbands wow. start both the furthest away and the most distracted and still able to be beckoned in. Yeah. <laughs> like he was in the middle of playing pool and watching sports and chatting up another woman and over 50 yards away it's and still, still came in. <laughs> well, throat singing, this sounds like really impressive farts. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it is a crazy thing scientifically though. I, I have no idea how to explain how throat singing works. I mean, it's, it is how you could be controlling one and keeping the other. Well, pitch. I guess it's like, not. I, I, I we should. I wonder if there must be people who study this and put people on like an MRI scanners while they're doing it. What, but they it not like, MRI. You don't mean like a thing that would an MRI show? I think it was. Which, I think it was throat singing. No, it's just somebody cleaning outside. Oh, this is just a vacuum upstairs. Oh, this is a vacuum. I oh, thought I this thought was actually Mongolian throat singing. I thought I was playing that I thought upstairs. you played that out of your laptop, but... Yeah, it's um, just not upstairs, though. It does, but it ha- <laughs> it's very timely. It really <laughs> does. It's very odd. Um, <laughs> that is serendipitous. Yeah, that you could... That's pretty good. <laughs> that like it might be That's something? good. I don't know. Uh, um, I what? Doing this sort of this multiple, really yeah. Really a vacuum. Oh it's my god, loud. that's that is. We so were just funny. talking about Mongolian throat singing. Are you guys were like, cue the vacuum. Yeah, yeah. it's but, not, it's barely going to pick up in the mics. I think. But, but I wonder, um, I wonder if it's similar, if it's using similar skills to uh, advanced beatboxes who are generating different sounds with different parts of their mouth and throat at the same time. Yeah, definitely, because those guys are really just... Yeah, yeah, that guy Tagak or whoever who did stuff with like Mike Patton and Bjork, I think he does kind of a mixture of those things. There's a girl that does... Uh, there's a show called Booby Trap that happens every Wednesday in Hollywood, and there's a girl who does it... Um, uh, and she's there almost every Wednesday. She's incredible. Oh, uh, yeah, Do you know her. who I mean? I think, yeah, I saw her at that... that yeah. um, w- the Women of Audeville. She's the amazing. Bob Baker Theater, yeah. Yeah, she was incredible. This is someone I'm thinking about. I'm sure it is. Pretty amazing. But yeah, the Mongolians. What was it called? Genghis Blues? Genghis Blues. Great movie. I want to say it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, or it's, it might even be just on YouTube. I'm surprised Genghis Khan hasn't got Me Too'd yet. <laughs> I think he probably has. I think so, with as much as Oh, no, he's been canceled figure. for years. Yeah. Oh, has he? It was I like, this just in. Genghis Khan raped Asia. Hashtag boycott Mongolian grill. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I heard Stephen Hawking's got me too. You're like just powering through to join him there on the list. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I heard Stephen Hawking's got me too. Did you hear that? Really? No. Yeah. I think he was a I think he was a lusty fellow. I don't know if there were any consent issues, but I think he was. Uh, he certainly cheated on his wife with his nurse, which is a remarkable achievement. Yeah. Given that he was, you know, doing so much physics, he was science's greatest me too. Should we get into some science stories? Oh, yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we could we could go with some biofluorescent frogs that Liam Kennedy sent in. Ooh, I like that. Uh, I think a couple of other people did as well, but uh, Liam 
It's Liam's Wyatt's Wyatt story is the one that I found. So, amphibians glow. Humans just couldn't see it. Oh, okay. Bathe an amphibian in blue light and it glows a brilliant green. But what does this all mean? You don't... <laughs> What does it mean? What does it mean? Double rainbow. In this specific... (laughs) Double rainbow. In this specific azure light. uh, Today in the journal Scientific Reports, researchers for the first time show that amphibians glow if you throw blue light on them. The tiger salamander suddenly pops with with brilliant green spots. Cranwell's horned frog is striped in a nuclear glow. Even the marbled salamander tiny toes... uh, Salamander's tiny toe bones flourish brightly. Uh, as does its cloaca, perhaps as a kind of sexual display. Oh. Oh, you little flirty salamander. Are you happy to see me, or is that your cloaca? (laughs) Do you know what those things are? Um, Do you know what that is? The cloaca? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's Cloaca? I didn't even touch her. (laughs) That's what uh, Bert... You you do know what it is or not? That not that sort of basically their their version of it, like the shit pipe, the... the shit if, pipe. Well, I think it's shit in, pipe. in birds. It's it's the reason. I think it's part of, a big part of the reason why eggs, like the egg eggs pipe. can get you sick because in birds, uh, both both holes end up both pipes end up with one hole. Oh, it's okay. like a vent. It's it's both uh, reproductive. Yes, and there we go. Oh, it wow. is a common cavity at the end of the digestive tract for the release of both excretory or excretory and genital products. So it's the oh. only it's the only animal you could knock up with anal sex. This is true. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I have no idea how the male. <laughs> Like directs it's like once you're in, yeah. How does that work? You know, it's. I heard there are certain birds, like ducks, apparently, who have like a vagina that they corkscrew. can decide a corkscrew. They can decide who impregnates them and who doesn't. Yeah, we've talked about this. It's like a weird like arms race between. It's the, a bit less conscious yeah, than you described in that it's sort of more of an evolutionary arms race. Now, does a guy have to do like just pirouettes when he's like having sex with well, her? There to is get a, that well, there's in? like a penis well, the and vagina arm. Penis. Yeah, the man, the male. So does he got to screw head. himself in and just turn around in a circle a million times? That's what I've never understood. Like even if they lined up correctly corkscrew wise, <laughs> you would think you'd have to <laughs> bodily spin to make yeah. that work. But I do don't you need know. like another duck to just like spin you around? Yeah, I don't know how it works. It just does. Actually, no, I do know. We we saw it in, in a, it, there was a video they did where they had like a, a glass corkscrew duck vagina. Yes. And a duck penis, like sort of just. Oh, how we saw that. Expanding oh my into God. it to fill it up. Like, Wouldn't that be so annoying if you like met the girl of your dreams, everything's great. And you're just like, man, and then just like corkscrew vagina and you just got like a regular cock. <laughs> it's not going to work. Like, if we just don't fit. Yeah. Or if you've yeah. got a corkscrew cock and, oh my God. and she's got a regular, regular oh, you know, cock. it works either way. Yeah. Well, no, but then you rib for her pleasure. I don't know. I don't know if anybody's chump, champing, champing at the bit for uh, a corkscrew. <laughs> yeah, probably a, not. <laughs> but then also those corkscrew vaginas sometimes have like... Is it a penis like, or is it a corkscrew? Have like it's dead ends. So oh sometimes there are dead ends. He's hung like rigatoni. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Is that the one I'm thinking of? Do you know kangaroos? I know rig- kangaroos you know, have, a, have two vaginas apparently, the female, and one of them is for li- just like you know her slut veg, and the other one is for like. <laughs> There's no way that's true. What? <laughs> Swear to God. No, that's actually what it's called. Yeah. Okay. Slut veg. It was discovered it's by Professor Slutvage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's one where she wants to have like you know where she can just have. Uh, I, I believe there's a vagina for. Um, for procreating, and then there's a vagina for 
just, you know, having a... Just a good time. Vagina. Just having a jolly old time. Right. So say, put up my good time, vagina. I don't uh, want to get I mean, maybe up. it's... Maybe what you're calling it is like what ducks have in terms of having some of the corkscrews end in dead ends, like as a means of not always Go on, being Matt. He's, he's, from, he's, I've, no, I have an answer okay. for us. Go on. Sure. Sharon is almost right. Okay. You are off by one vagina. Oh, <laughs> oh so close. Damn. They have three vaginas. See, wow. I it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, so... Or one vagina and two assholes, you know. Um, three vaginas. So, hang on. I think it's to, it's to do with its marsupial nature. Be a nature. bloody master in menstruation, Mike. <laughs> so... Yeah. And what if you just menstruated with Eve's vagina separately? Oh, my God. You're just you constantly, constantly on your Constantly on the rag. Yeah. Just be like... So <laughs> a very <laughs> nightmare. Just like... <laughs> So koalas Not tonight I'm on my period Yeah you can only so like you're on your Two period. days a month You might get lucky <laughs> Koalas, wombats And the Tasmanian devils All share the same Three vagina structure What? The side ones carry sperm To the two uteruses and, Two uteruses And male marsupials Often have Double pronged penises While the middle vagina Sends the joey Down to the outside world It's insane so That's two, weird Two ins and one out? Y- yeah how does exactly. it work internally? Like the plumbing. There's a there's a diagram here. I'll put it in the show okay. notes. Bizarre. Speaking of which, I once had a nightmare. It was really vivid that I only had two penises. <laughs> Apparently, in my dream world, everybody had three penises, and I was missing a cock. Just had two. <laughs> and then I woke up and I was like, "Oh, I only got one." I'm like, "Oh, that's normal." <laughs> Whatever happened to that guy who got famous a couple years you back? Should, you should see a doctor. But I know. That's. Did you guys remember that story up. about the double dick guy? It went viral like uh, sometime in the last five years. Did he actually have two dicks? I mean, I, I remember the time being curious about it and Googling it, and I was like, I can't tell if this is a, a Photoshopped, but like the world took took it and ran with it and like, yeah. you know, gave gave it the medical name. It was like, oh, this can happen. I was like, yeah, but I don't know. Something about this this dude's story seems fishy. But uh, um, okay, so so the reason for <laughs> the tri- the reason for the triple vagina. Yeah. And by the way, it sounds like mammals start off similar to that in their development but they join together and become one single thing but the whole point is the sperm goes up the narrower tube which it needs to be narrow so that it can you know do its thing but then the joey will emerge from the smaller like vagina and then crawl into the pouch and then kangaroos can be almost perpetually pregnant while what they can have three at a time at different stages of popping out so while one joey is developing inside the pouch, another embryo is held in reserve in a uterus waiting for its sibling to grow up and leave. And then... What? And also an embryo still waiting to be born. So it can wow. have... Sounds like they're Catholic. Oh. <laughs> oh, so they can have multiple oh, pregnancies well, no, They can be once. nourishing three separate youngsters simultaneously. So they can wow. have like the older joey that's just about to leave the pouch, a younger one developing inside, and then an embryo that's just that's going to be taking its place once the... Wow, that's multitasking at its best. Yeah, wild. Just let's just get these kids out of the way. Ooh, I'm in pain thinking about it. Yeah, right. That's horrible. I'm in pain just thinking of getting somebody pregnant three times at once. <laughs> I'm still googling double dick guy to see if he's <laughs> real or not. <laughs> Speaking, of, I I mean I just saw a double dick, but I saw some like short documentary clip about a guy who had a 16 inch penis, and all the guys like I wish they had a big dick. You you see this guy you're like no, that's that was horrible. He doesn't like. He's not a fan. Well, no, it's like he can't even walk. Really? Yeah, like the dick. But can just... he crawl? Yeah. Do you? <laughs> he doesn't need to walk because he's exhausted from all that sex. Jeez, he's been I having. love your quad pod. That's amazing. <laughs> Is that a table or just your person, your husband? Um. So 
you're not going to be able to see these luminescent reptiles. Oh, yes. Remember That's them? Right. Remember where we were an hour ago? This is my fault. Oh, these are gaslighting reptilians, aren't yeah. they? <laughs> Under regular white light or daylight, this kind of biofluorescence only happens when blue light hits the amphibian, whose skin and bones, in the case of the marble salamander, absorb that wavelength and emit a different wavelength, usually in electric green. This is not the same as bioluminescence, in which an animal like a deep-sea anglerfish either produces its own light through a chemical process or with the help of glowing symbiotic bacteria that lives in its bodies. To get these images, the researchers flooded the amphibians with a blue light and photographed them with a special filter that only allowed the fluorescent light from the animal to hit the camera. And here, here are some of the pictures of what they look like. They looked at 32 amphibian Ooh. species and managed to study eight of the ten f- families of salamanders. Every single one glows, some intensely, mm. others less so. They but look like Aboriginal art from Australia. They kind of do, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The tiger salamander in particular throws off globs of green light. When we, Im- when we imaged that species, it was really startling to both of us just how bright and brilliant the fluorescence was, says Cloud State University herpetologist Jennifer Lamb, who published this paper with her colleague Matthew Davis. And it, it theologist? Sure. Ichthyologist. That yeah. seems like a... Yeah. Now, what's and the difference between a salamander and a gecko? Or a chameleon? I think they're different animals. Yeah, that's like a <laughs> <laughs> uh, But, like, I know chameleons, obviously, they can change color and salamanders can, too. I don't think geckos don't think are geckos considered do, right? amphibious. Right? Oh, they're not? I think salamanders are. They just got similar body type, right? I think salamanders are, like, always uh, slick, and geckos aren't. Right. Is that true? I don't know. Well, geckos are responsible for, like, yeah. car insurance, right? Sure. Yes. They're, that's the sole so, 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 <laughs> of geckos is to make sure you get 15% off. Yes. So there is a <laughs> theory, by wow. the way, that uh, uh, it might be something to do with defending from predators. Maybe predators can see those signals. Salabanders tend to glow brightly on their bellies and not their backs, which might help them hide from predators above. Um, and they might also arch their bodies and show off that tummy when threatened to warn predators that they might be toxic. Uh, which is a signal known as aposematism. Uh, that sounds like they don't like Jews. They're anti-Semitics? It's uh, aposematics. Wow. Oh, okay. Aposematics. So they're just apathetic to uh, hating Jews? I think so. Okay. In- indifferent towards they're Jews. Indifferent, right. Yeah, by the way, there is a... There Can is you a s- imagine? Nazi reptiles. Yeah, Nazi reptiles. Well, that's, that sort of makes sense. Not that hard to imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, listener Mike Brown sent in another... There was another bioluminescence story that we... Uh, or fluorescence story that we didn't cover a couple of weeks ago that does link to this. Oh, it it's from a while. Have we... Do we do this? I'm now looking at the time on this. Glowing uh, cats shed light on AIDS. But this story is from over, almost a decade ago. Glowing cats shed light on AIDS. I mean... The- cats that have been genetically modified to glow in the dark are being used to gain insights into, into feline AIDS. You think we might have done it in the early days of the podcast and forgotten about it? I mean, maybe. Hmm. I once, yeah, I remember that feline, yeah, the feline AIDS. What's, I remember I had a cat once and I got it, I got, I got it tested for, for cat. FIV? Yeah. And I remember I was, and I was getting freaking out about the results. I don't even know why. That pussy got the AIDS. Yeah, that pussy got the AIDS. And then I was all like, shit. I was like, and I was thinking, shit, if this, and I was like, man, what are my cats got AIDS? And then my, my doctor was all like, look, you know, it's, it's, it's chances are unlikely. You probably have a better chance of having AIDS. I'm like, shit, what if I have AIDS? <laughs> <laughs> Um, speaking of speaking of which, oh yeah, sorry. You, you're no, no, carry on. What are you going to no, say? No, I just I, I, I know there's the elephant in the room that we haven't been talking about coronavirus in this episode yet, and like it's mostly just that I don't want to contribute to any misinformation. In any we way. are drinking Coronas, by the way. That's, actually, we have Corona lights in front of we have us. Corona lights. We've. Uh, I have, by the way, I've reached out to a couple of epidemiologists. I'll oh, see yeah? if anyone comes okay. back and 
we can get someone who actually can knows their stuff. Yeah, I just don't want. I mean, listen to whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what to tell I got. You I got to. a text I, back. I was meant to be. I got. A I was oh, meant to be is... plugging on this show the fact that I was going to be at South by Southwest. And now, in a week and a Not half's so time. Oh yeah, it's canceled. It's gone. The whole yeah. festival has been canceled. Do you which... get your money back on the airfares? Do you th- what are they going to do with all that? I hadn't booked my own plane ticket. Were you so... just going to go to the event? Yeah. Or... No, I was going to be performing there, but oh, really? um, but the the producers of the show that I was doing were. Um, yeah, like, yeah, they'd book the flight. So I, I hope they can get their money back. I hope they're not getting stung for that. Yeah, it sucks. Um, but yeah, I and I, I was talking to it because one of the shows I was doing was with friend of the show Chris Duffy. Mm-hmm. You might remember from a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, a couple of months ago. I think I was going to be doing his "You're the Expert" show, which he talked about on the show. And yeah. uh, and we were talking a bit yesterday about like, do you think they're overreacting or whatever? And I. I I don't know because right now there is so much there's so much lack of information. Yeah. It's definitely under tested. There's um a, a letter that has been sent in to us by uh Holly Gabrielson from Alvada, Colorado. Okay. Yes, I think I've heard of this listener. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh she's didn't, some, you, she, didn't you get married to that <laughs> Not yet, but soon. Okay, yeah. And uh uh, but from the Union of Concerned Scientists, and we'll, I'll talk about that in a second. About that's a real thing. The yeah. Union of Concerned—they just sit around being worried. <laughs> they do. I like the idea of a group that's just dedicated to worry. But it, about some of the various restrictions and underfunding of uh, science, and you know, there's you know, there's been uh, restrictions of the tests that are out there right now, and they've been under testing it and therefore under reporting numbers. And when it comes to an outbreak, the more definitely, the more you can slow it, the more you can sort of in any way put a dampener on the spread right. yeah. even if those people will eventually get the disease the more you can slow it the more you can minimize deaths and injuries from it and you're saying even if the more you can stay on top of it both both in terms of resources and giving you more chance of slowing oh, it to the point the vaccines come out and no we don't okay, so yeah. it's so just minimizing minimizing situations where huge numbers of people come together and which would be an amplification and an acceleration of the yeah. contagion. Yeah, I mean, people are really freaking out about it, but nobody knows. That, like, I mean, so how's it really? Trans- Everybody's wearing a mask, and you know. And then I'm like, is that? But that I heard rumors like that. Actually, you know, you're getting particles, and then you're touching your face more because you got well, a mask. Well, there's definitely a risk with a mask, particularly if you don't use it properly. Is like the the best thing any of us can do. So if you wear it a diaper, it's not yeah. it's not going to yeah. work very well. So the, That's it. the best thing anyone can be doing, and this I think. I, I do feel confident saying this because I know this for a fact and has been validated by multiple professionals is just wash your hands a fuck of a lot. Right. Just everyone should be washing their hands more than they have been previously. Yeah. Wash your hands a lot because that's the be- the easiest way to spread it. It does live on surfaces. That's one of the problems. So I if you touch right. surfaces, uh, the virus survives and you can transfer that's it. That's why I which is one of the- touch non-surfaces. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You only touch gases and you're currently floating <laughs> yeah. just above this couch. And but it's, it's so r- funny how it's trans because my mom is all freaking out. I travel a lot. And she's like, if you're on a plane, don't forget to wear your helmet. I'm like, I don't think that's going <laughs> to yeah, help, mom. No. It's, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, wash- the problem with wearing a mask is one of the things masks do is make your face itchy. And if you're not trained to have good sort of medical mask hygiene, yeah. what you end up doing is you touch the surface or like a you know on the on the train or a plane or wherever or a cafe, and then you scratch underneath your mask and you have completely not only have you negated the point of the mask you've actually been worse than if you weren't wearing mm-hmm. the mask in the first place right or if you adjust it in any way yeah yeah so I got that because I was saying earlier before you got here that um, uh, I was a physician told me that um, 
because I was like, what's the deal with Corona? Why is how is it compared to the just general influenza? And they said that uh, an annual the influenza annual mortality is two to three percent, where Corona is around three to four percent so far. But, but because it's a hang on, because okay. it's a new viral strain, there are more unknowns as to how bad it could actually be, and so they're canceling a lot of events as a precaution. But they were saying that. Um, they're concerned because it could turn into another SARS because it's a related uh, viral strain. And so, but then I was asking because you were saying how those rates were incorrect. So then he said, it depends on which population you're talking about. The U.S. mortality rates for flu are estimated under 1%, but it's higher globally due to many factors, including immunization rates and other community health so Corona has only been around for a couple of months and it's still spreading. So data is evolving daily. Well, yeah. that, that's a, another thing you can be doing and should be doing is having your flu shot, not because as our dear president suggested, it might do anything against Corona, the coronaviruses because there is a completely different virus, completely different mechanism. Right. But it's the fewer people get who get flu, the less strain is placed on the health services and the less likely they are to need to go to a doctor. And, you know, any you want to stay out of areas where people are sick. And if you get flu, you might end up at the doctor's right, right, the hospital. And and it uh, seems to have like a higher risk for elderly and unhealthy populations. Yeah. And I'm sure it so. can't be good if to get both simultaneously. That's probably very dangerous. Yeah. And it, but, I guess it's that, because of the newness of the virus that it's like that's why they're, they're it's all very... There's a lot of unknowns with it. Yeah, but the 2% thing is just not true for flu. It's, I mean, I'm looking at the CDC and LiveScience.com, and yeah, so LiveScience says that um, in, which year was this? In the U.S. alone, the flu caused an estimated 32 million illnesses, 18,000 deaths that season. So that's less than a tenth of a percent. It's less than one in a thousand, and the CDC has similar numbers. So well under one in a thousand deaths from the flu, whereas coronavirus appears to be one in 30. Right. So that's a big difference. So I think there's good reason to be concerned if one in 30 people who get coronavirus die. And that seems to be the case so far. Not even reporting all the Chinese stuff that I'm sure is being kept under wraps because the government is the Chinese government. So I... I'm not optimistic right now, but I don't. Yeah, but record- also, there's no reason to do anything. I'm recording this with my Huawei wash- phone, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wash your hands. You know, that's all you can do. It's no point to panic. But like, I'm just, I'm not very optimistic yeah. about. Do you think this is why Donald Trump wanted to build a wall? We got to stop the coronas coming in. That's it's- a pretty good Trump. That's-, <laughs> we gotta, that's why I got to build a wall. I told you before, and now I'm, I'm right. All right. They want to say I told you so, but add my reasons. Well, I think he did. There's a miracle coming. He promised us a miracle. And then he. Did you see the, the press conference when he said that. Um, so, by the way, solid Trump, reasonably good didgeridoo, terrible yeah. throat singing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, did you know what. Uh, Jeff- I have three vaginas, by the way, too. Oh, yeah. You should have really mentioned that. Absolutely 100% authentic. <laughs> CNN just reported that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was the first person to die of coronavirus. <laughs> so, just go back to bed, America. It's fine. We're good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, go. I wonder if Hillary Clinton invented the coronavirus totally. to kill Vince Foster. Just so yeah. that spontaneously, yeah. Vince Foster died like, oh, of the coronavirus. Actually, it does say on this website that I'm checking this on the internet, and all of that is true. So that's okay. that's yeah. one thing that now everybody's like, yes. I didn't hear that. That's because you're not reading the right facts, you idiots. Yeah, you got oh, the wrong reading, sources. You're reading news pages. We have the right links, and you don't. Um, <laughs> Link, By link, the way, link, what, link, yeah. link, what link, we are talking link. about things that kill people, the uh, last episode, I don't remember the last episode or the episode before, we were talking about causes of death from human versus computer error. 
Mm-hmm. We're talking about pilot error. Oh, the um, uh, the uh, self driving cars thing, and right? so on. Yeah, and yeah. Oh, yeah, and and so on. And listener Christopher Cooper wrote in to say, not trying to be a one upper, but humans are far worse than computer and or mechanical failure. It's a correction from three episode three seventy five. For fatal accidents, one calculation puts the primary cause of plane crashes as pilot error in fifty percent of all cases. Oh damn. Wait, were we just making up... But hang on, he says that's far worse than computer and or, and or mechanical failure, so those combined, because otherwise yeah. it's exactly 50. Oh, it's exactly right. half and half. Right. Yeah. Were we guessing that it was lower than that or something? Or higher I, than that? I don't remember what exactly it was we guessed. I mean, I could, I, could, I could totally attest to that, because I every time I... I drive. I'm I'm drunk. <laughs> yeah, but you're better. You are you're better drunk. You're a better driver drunk. Yes. Well, it's because I get scared to go behind the wheel and yeah. I need what to do, take up the What do you edge. guys think about these automated cars? <laughs> do you think well, it's I, creepy? I'm, no, I'm totally for it. It's going to save so many lives. It's going to make everything work. Like we wouldn't even have to invest in new infrastructure in this city. Like traffic would be solved overnight if every car was autonomous and talking to other cars. We have the roads to make this city work. It's just the fact that it's all, all the human shit. Where we're going, into. we don't need roads. No, we're going to need roads. We're definitely going to need roads. <laughs> I'm, I'm not for where it. I'm going. I'm, I'm going 88 <laughs> miles per hour, baby. <laughs> when it hits this, oh, you'll right. definitely need You're roads for that. Some yeah. serious shit. <laughs> no, I'm all in. I, want, I got I a want flux capacitor. I'm just waiting for it to bring it out. <laughs> the only reason I'm for automated cars is because I'm I'm an alcoholic and I just. <laughs> You know, same reason for Uber. Sure, yeah, it's yeah. great. It's, it's great really... if you just never want to stop drinking. <laughs> there was a month when Uber was relatively new when they had tried out these different things where you like you pay twenty bucks to have like an Uber membership for the month and right. every ride is two dollars. And and it was like you could go to Thousand Oaks and so I would just go out to I just went out and drank way more than I needed to. Just get hammered month. and just don't Because worry it was just about like, it. it's $2. Why yeah. not just go out to? Totally. And I was like, even if I'm saving money on Uber, I'm going out more and spending more money on bars in this month. I shouldn't. And they stopped doing it anyway because it was obviously a totally unsustainable model. Yeah. To have like $2 half hour rides. <laughs> like, I feel like I have to tip 10 bucks now because it's like, this guy, there's yeah. no way this guy made money. How did that work? But yeah, self-driving car. No, self-driving I, I, I mean, I think it's great. I love the Teslas. I think they're great. They just they're the bad. But they wheel. did kill someone recently. They did kill someone. I mean, you know, oh, I guess no, no, recently, really. Yeah, recently. It just drove. It was just yeah. It was someone who like was on the freeway, drove into a pillar, and yeah. then it, they found that afterwards. He was just on his phone. <laughs> they found oh, which, they, which is was, not. It's not intended to be used where you can look, look take your eyes off. the It's road. not, like, but it's, people do. That's the thing. It's like it's it's in that weird zone right now where they call it like autopilot mode, what if it, but also go like, but you have to constantly be driving. But yeah, we, right. it's, what if it turns out to be a Nexus Seven? What is a Nexus Seven? Yeah. What is that? A uh, Blade Runner. Oh oh I, yeah. I, that yeah, come on, guys. Brain. I should know my your science. I know Voigt Kampf. I know science. That. Is that a, yeah, that's a test? Voigt Kampf. <laughs> sure, yeah. Let's. Let, we should. We should give cars test for empathy. <laughs> Find out if they're real or robots. I think we should start doing that. Well, there's that thing people are worried about, like how are you going to program in whether the car should how it would decide between killing you or killing like three people on the road. You mm-hmm. know, like the sort of trolley problem. Like if there are three p- p- pedestrians on the road. And the only way to avoid them is driving the car off the cliff and killing you, the driver. Like, right? How That's would a you question. program in those kinds of decisions? And would it be variable depending on how much of a dick you've been to right. the car that day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, a, what was your music selection? It'd be like yeah. the Sophie's Choice of cars, right? Yeah. The uh, Sophie's really Choice would. of cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, My car all of a sudden had the same voice as Meryl Streep. Yeah. And the next minute, I just knew I was dead. <laughs> is it a coincidence <laughs> or not? Oh. Uh, Dean Winston sent in this story. Scientists find the first ever animal that doesn't need oxygen to survive. Oh, that sounds fake. Yeah. 
It's in sciencealert.com, which I think is a generally reliable website. That's kind of like the, what, the the Bikram Chandra or whatever, the guy, the Bikram's oh, yoga. Oh. He never needs to sleep. He's like, I don't need to sleep. I don't ever sleep. Just namaste and rape. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's he's a creep. been a lot of rape yeah. content in this episode so <laughs> yeah. far. There's also the guy, like, isn't breathitarianism <laughs> also take a break from a pseudoscience? Breathitarianism? Breathitarianism, people who say you can exist only by breathing and don't need food. They, they either die or they're lying. Oh, but, yeah. I heard about happened. them. People have died from... Claiming this is a thing. That, yeah, yeah, there's been a bunch of those, and you just... I don't mind when they die themselves. It's when they drag other people down right. with them. Yes. Right. Was like that. There was that woman in South Africa who was one of the... I, I'm pretty sure it was in South Africa, where she was one of the sort of faces of the HIV doesn't cause AIDS movement. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the AIDS right. is fake. And and she's, she died, strangely, yeah, of right. some mystery illness yeah, that right. we could never... We'll never know what that was. But... Uh, but then I think like one of her kids died as well, and oh, you're like, "Oh, you right. fuck!" You're like you taking people down with you. Yeah, like it. See, this is why I don't like hippies, right? Because they're know. subjecting. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, like, guys, you got cancer? Just tea tree oil it up. <laughs> just do a drumming circle. Just drumming circle. I'm going to throw a chance. You don't, you don't need to take insulin. Just, yeah. just like take this uh, rosemary oil. <laughs> yeah. <and> just, oh God. <laughs> rub it on your pancreas, and you'll be so, fine. You'll be fine. Namaste. Yeah, Here we yeah. go. Christ- Christine Maggiore. She died in 2008. She was an HIV positive activist and promoter of HIV AIDS denialism. But and then she died of AIDS. But then she, she did. Just, she died because she, she launched a steam powered rocket that she was intending to get high enough to prove that HIV doesn't cause AIDS. <laughs> and then the parachute didn't open, right? Isn't that that's exactly happened? what happened. Are you serious? Yeah. No, she, that's how the fighter. She gaslit AIDS. But, yeah. Totally gaslit AIDS. AIDS gaslighter. Yeah, AIDS gaslighter. <laughs> but yeah, she died. Fucker, I don't care. But then her kid died as well. Yeah, like okay. a young kid died yeah. of. Um, a mysterious uh, or pneumocyst yeah uh, uh, that'd be AIDS yeah <laughs> that'd be AIDS it, it's pneumo, pneumocystis uh, girovecci a pneumonia it's a, okay, it's a yeah, form yeah, of pneumonia yeah, yeah. which yeah, is a result of AIDS for sure AIDS deaths happen. yeah Man, I'm, and fuck AIDS fascinates the shit out of me she hadn't <laughs> taken she hadn't know, taken just, any medication to reduce the risk of transmission uh, of HIV just, to her daughter during pregnancy nor did she have a tested for HIV during her lifetime uh, like fuck you yeah. it's fuck funny it just comes it came out of nowhere and it just like 19, well kind of like coronavirus but I mean AIDS killed you yeah, at 100% mortality right really right. but just how like just predominantly the gay community is like and ta-da you're fucked like what well yeah, it but really it, I think what's weird it, it it didn't come out of nowhere in that it had sort of it had been. They just it was didn't first, know what it was. When it was first yeah. detected, it was first. I think I, I I'll look this up so I don't fuck this up. But it was um, um, it was first de- detected a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, a while yeah, it took before, a long time to it mutate, was like mutate, I think the sixties or the seventies was when it was first identified, and then it just snowballed. Yeah, but they, yeah, yeah, and they didn't. People probably died but, of it or had it, but they didn't necessarily right, know right. that that's what yeah. it was. Yeah, but then it hit. For it or, but then it hit a particular. A community that was vulnerable both in terms of like proximity and also just complete lack of care of the public so that mm. was and the officials like that was it was yeah. that perfect storm of yeah. just like all these men coming together <clears throat> in the way that transmits it blood to and blood. and also a government and general public that didn't give a fuck and thought it was like you know d- they deserved it right, this doesn't need treatment yeah, right. we, we don't need to yeah. sort of do anything to have you seen the movie the band played on no. Oh my God! It's an incredible movie, all yeah, about how 
um, AIDS start of AIDS the really, epidemic yeah. came, yeah. especially to quote unquote the Western world, mm-hmm. and how they knew that it was blood to blood. The Red Cross knew it was blood to blood for a long time, mm-hmm. but they didn't want to do blood screening because they were like, "It's do you know how much money that's going to cost?" For like and transfusions they were, and things, yeah. Well, yeah, and also just yeah, because then people who are going in for you know like general you know like let's say heart surgery or whatnot, all of a sudden they were oh, going in yeah. and then coming out and never getting better and then dying because they were being contaminated with uh, HIV you know infected HIV blood, infected yeah. blood. Right, right. and also there were a lot of. Um, um, uh, kids that were going in for that had hemophilia, then they were oh, coming yeah, like out. Ryan White, isn't yeah, it? Ryan yeah, White and would be then the they example, were yeah. they were getting AIDS, and they didn't really understand why because they just thought it was a gay disease, right? And but they knew for a long time that it was blood to blood, and they didn't want to screen it because they were like it's going to be so crazy expensive. And then they finally took it to you know the Supreme Court, and they were like the one of the. Um, uh, physicians and lawyers that was you know fighting for it was like saying like do you have any idea what sort of you know epidemic you're going to have on your hands and how much money this is going to cost uh, in relation to screening blood it's going to be and they were just kind right. of like clueless yeah. well that's i mean it, it, watching it, but it's worst in america but also seeing what people are doing in the uk and in canada and but like the uk underfunding the nhs and healthcare and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. then yeah. in america go like but this will cost so much money to give people healthcare. Oh, as opposed to the 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 cost of like letting yeah. them get iller for longer yeah. and then go yeah. to the yeah. doctor it's... and and not coming to work and infecting yeah. more people because they're wary of. Yeah, there's it's been cases where people have been. Uh, there was a story last week where some people who were quarantined because of the coronavirus then got a ho- hospital bill, a four figure hospital bill for the quarantine, oh which is just like, oh great, let's discourage people. Right. There's the worst from hotel go- ever. Yeah. 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 Let's discourage people from getting themselves tested yeah, or yeah, going yeah. to medical intervention yeah. and instead just like, oh, let's make it so it gets transmitted to more people. It's, it's, it's so short. Money and lives yeah. so much more money. It's, it's so weird. blinkered. I mean, you're, you're British. Like, even aside from like the sort of ethical... Right, right. Even if you're bottom line and minded only Yeah, if you, if you have zero gonna... ethics and you yeah. just want to like pay the least amount of money as a society, even then, you should provide healthcare and not be ch- ch- well, no, yeah, because you're, you're, you're just about to say you're British, we're yeah. Canadian, we're both socialised we, we, we healthcare. We grew up with socialised healthcare and you never think, it's such a foreign concept to me of thinking of, of going to the hospital or an, an accident Right, happening. you don't, you don't have you like a, you don't have that. to second guess of like, but what if they want to do this procedure? What The only thing that stops people from going from, to the doctor are like, uh, difficulties in their own life both getting places or whatever, or uh, and fear of what the doctor will say, which everyone, yeah. which is you, you can't really help that. That's a universal yeah. thing. Yeah, that sort but of oh, I won't open the bill. Fear if, of a medical bill is just something. But yeah, when you, you don't grow up with it. It's such a av- foreign concept. Yeah, you never avoid going to the doctor because you're scared that you'll get some crazy extra bill that you hadn't considered. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so HIV was first identified in 1981. Yeah, but it's it's. Uh, so there are two strains of HIV. There's HIV-1 and HIV-2, both believed to have transmitted from uh, other simians. So HIV-1 is believed to have come from chimpanzees and gorillas, and HIV-2 is from, uh, how do you pronounce this, sooty uh, mangabes? Oh, uh, is that? I don't know. Is that an It is a type of... Uh, so it didn't come it's from... It's a type of an old... It's a type of monkey. So AIDS didn't come from bad soup as well? See? No, it was... Uh, they're both... Let's it ca- it came from SIV... Uh, which is simian it looks like Sid Vicious yeah. <laughs> AIDS, AIDS came from Sid Vicious he, he looked like he would be patient zero he so would. we so we don't know 
They don't know exactly when. He was the genesis of AIDS. Yeah, he was, for sure. But it probably... They think probably around started to spread in the human population somewhere between 1915 and 1941 That's crazy. for the and between for HIV one and somewhere between 1905 and 1961 for HIV two. Oh, the but the current estimates we think probably are, seems like currently around sort of wartime is roughly when it started to spread amongst humans. Well, I heard yeah. So in Africa, it, it, it I heard it started from Africans like uh, eating monkey meat and maybe like yeah. There's of- there's definitely that's one of the. They don't know exactly, but one of the strong theories is it's a bushmeat theory. Yeah, and then which, a lot of Haitians worked there but in the Congo, but then they had some sort of uprising, then the Haitians made some Haitians got it from these Africans, came back to Haiti, and then uh, and then from Haiti it came to North America. There was a theory that's, that, that somebody had sex with a uh, chimpanzee. Uh, there's also a theory they were just sharing needles. With, they were all heroin in a heroin den with chimpanzees. Well, I heard, yeah, just I was, I mean, I don't know if you ever shared needles with a baboon. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's you know, it's like, hey, can you share that? Hey, stop being greedy. <laughs> I'm so paranoid about Once AIDS. Again, as that a- wasn't an actual baboon. That was just you did that with your mouth. That That's was right. Fire, and that was- I'm so paranoid about contracting HIV as a intravenous drug user that any time I share a needle, I always wear a condom. <laughs> um. the, 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 the chimpanzee got a tattoo and shared his needle. Yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. Could you yeah. imagine a chimpanzee getting a tattoo? Oh, that yeah. Oh my God. It's just that is high risk. It is. <laughs> what were you thinking? Think, what, what do they get besides a banana? It's always a banana. Right? It's always it's a, a banana. Right? banana. <laughs> it's just always. It's always just the first button that they push on their speaking yeah. tablet. Yeah. 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 There's a there's a couple of stories about. I mean, like we know this does also connect to the coronavirus story right now because Mike Pence, who caused or at least vastly worsened an HIV outbreak in his oh in Indiana in Indiana. Yeah, so what happened there again? How did this the new outbreak in Indiana? I remember reading about that. So this was before he was vice president, obviously. And he... Uh, let me get the exact details. But... Oh, by the way, this, this is a HuffPost article about how anti, anti-science and anti-health, anti-public health he is. He also published an op-ed in 2001 refuting basic medical science about tobacco. Mm. In 2001! God. In 2001, he said, time for reality check, and I quote, time for reality check, despite the hysteria from the political class and the media, smoking does not kill. Nice. Oh, uh, what? That's a, that's, God. that's, I, I bet you smoking he, that I denialism bet, in 2001. That's insane. Is he sponsored by, uh, by the tobacco industry? I oh, mean, for sure. He's the yeah. marble man. Yeah. He <laughs> really is, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he's... <laughs> Doesn't he have X-ray vision that, that like yeah. gets rid of the gay of people? Well, he's oh, he does. Uh, yeah, he did try and do the conversion stuff, right? Yeah, I think yeah, he's, he's got connections to that, and is also yeah. I heard. Wh- the I wonder, if, I wonder if smoking causes gay. Well, he. <laughs> That's what apparently my not. It's safe. It's safe for him to smoke and oh, okay. keep up his virulent homophobia. <laughs> but then, uh, d- so despite. He opposed Republican-led Republican-led legislation to increase the tobacco tax in Indiana by just five cents, despite Indiana having one of the highest rates of smoking, one of the lowest tobacco taxes in the country. Mm. Yeah, no, it sounds like he's in bed with big tobacco. Yeah, what, he's obviously done some like. horrendous things like trying to defund Planned Parenthood. And then, here we go, uh, his, this funding drought affected women's access to both primary and reproduct- reproductive health care. He, he helped uh, cut... Uh, nearly in half the funding which forced the closure of small clinics 
Um, where And also, of course, Planned Parenthoods don't just do abortions. They also do a lot of uh, family planning and right. testing. But the, and or generally reproductive health. But the effects of the policy went further. One particular clinic in rural Scott County was closed in 2013, leaving the, country, leaving the county without an HIV, a single HIV testing center. God. Less than two years later, the county became the center of an HIV epidemic affecting nearly 200 residents of Austin, Indiana, a town of 4,300. And how was it mainly transmitted? Was it uh, sex or drug use? or? Uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't say, but... Um, Karma? Just karma, but and karma. it's the highest incidence of you new HIV infections. Yeah. I'd imagine it's a combination of all of those things. Yeah, right, when right. You, yeah. you gaslight AIDS, you get AIDS. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Testing is not the only intervention to prevent HIV transmission. There's also strong evidence for providing clean needles via needle exchange oh, programs. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he also vo- vocally opposed those. Oh, oh right, man, that would be Ugh. tacitly endorsing. Uh, yep. the use of illicit substances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you don't need heroin when you got Jesus. <laughs> And he, well, on that same note, he signed into law the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which allows business owners to cite their religious beliefs as rights to refuse service to members of the LGBTQ community. Discrimination, which can have serious public health consequences. This guy oh, seems wow. like a solid dude. Yeah. He's a good guy. You know, but that's the thing, though, because if you want to impeach Trump, that's who you're getting, guys. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I would have taken it just because it would be symbolic and... Yeah, whatever. but also I would have I would have taken Kadha- it for you're getting rid of Gaddafi and you're getting ISIS. But you you would have I would have taken that just for the well. It also, he would only be president for another barely a year, right? Yeah, and then and I don't think he would have anywhere near the same effectiveness campaigning. No, no, he wouldn't get yeah. he wouldn't get elected. Yeah. So you're basically dealing with a lame duck president for. You know what? If you're frustrated by all that science denialism, you know what you can do. That's the opposite of science denialism. Science uh, accepticism. Is it? Would it be some science kind of inclusion? It would be. It would, would, be, would it be some kind of like sort of? This is a science safe space. Courses like online courses online that are courses. both great and plus. The, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the great courses plus. We, you guys know them and you probably love them. If you've if you've checked out any of the videos, you love them. If you yeah, haven't yet, you should. We've had a few messages uh, recently as well from people who've signed up. Let let us know as well. We love it when we like to hear from you if you've signed up and tell us what you've been watching. Tell us what you've been uh, taking part in. Yeah, this is a great way to pick up a new hobby, learn about a subject that you've been curious about. They have, as we've mentioned, they have hundreds of different courses in any, any number of subjects. Um, it's an educational streaming service that makes learning easy and accessible. There are thousands of lectures on, yeah, basically any topic. Objective, in-depth information from some of the best teachers in the world. And you don't have to make time to learn. The Great Courses Plus fits into your schedule. As we talked about, you can listen to it as a podcast it, uh, on mobile devices. Or yeah, what's really useful, videos. there's so many different platforms you can, you can watch or listen to the lectures. I am currently listening to Experiencing Hubble, Exploring the Milky Way. Although, I'll be honest, that one was better visually. I, <laughs> I, I stopped listening to it, and then I went, uh, went and looked at it on the computer. Yeah, that one's a great justification for the video aspect of this, because it has tons of great imagery from the Hubble telescope. You can enjoy beautiful cosmic images of the Milky Way obtained by Hubble. You can see how massive stars explode, uh, travel to the large and small Mag- Magellanic... Magellanic? Magellanic clouds. That's by a good way, word. It's yes. generally... like I remember when Hubble started sending us images. It's really fucking cool that that's a thing just that we managed to get this telescope in space so it's free from all of the interruptions of the atmosphere 
and the the images that are coming back. So it's, it's, yeah, it's really stunning and HD, obviously. No, I just hope you guys are like me and you're you're flat earthers, right? Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But but it like, I mean, space is real. Just yes, space is no, rounds. No, no, no. We all know that, and that's one of the things you can learn at on the Great Courses Plus. Right. You know what my favorite program was on the Muppets? What's up? Pigs in space. Oh, oh yeah, that was fantastic. Pigs in space. That was great. Uh, there yeah. might be a separate pigs course. I haven't checked. I don't know if there's any animal husbandry courses on the Great Courses. That might be that might be a rare omission in an otherwise extraordinarily thorough. Yep. Uh, they they do cover everything from like science and the arts to music and humanities. From Einstein's theories to the mysteries of human behavior. And what about Space Force? Is there a lot space on Space Force? Force? So space Force is the best Space Force. I love Space Force. A great place. But if we didn't mention it before, thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably is where you want to go for a free month of access. You can check out any of the courses you want for an entire month and I'm sure you'll be hooked at that point. Thegreatcoursesplus.com slash probably. Give it a listen. Yeah, once again. Give, give it, it a visit. And yeah. Then listen. yeah. And drop us a message if you're enjoying it right now. We yes. like to hear about people who are enjoying our sponsors, particularly these guys. They are fantastic. Fantastic. Yep. Shall we? Well, there's been a couple of cool space stories. Paul Muxworthy sent one about the biggest explosion ever detected. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, now wow. that yeah, definitely yeah. sounds like a yeah. porn star. Paul That's, Muxworthy. Or, or biggest explosion. Which one? Of, astronomers detect biggest explosion in the history of the universe. Wow. Scientists discover, studying a distant galaxy cluster have discovered the biggest explosion seen in the universe since the Big Bang. The blast came from a supermassive black hole at the center of a galaxy hundreds of millions of light years away. This wow. is in fizz.org. It released five times more energy than the previous record holder. So it sucks to be you, previous record yeah. holder. Wow. Thinking your record was going to stand and it, just watching it get smashed. It, was the, it broke the Halifax record, right? Halifax explosion. Wasn't, isn't that a record holding that explosion? Was, yeah, yeah. When, when those two... Uh, the, you know your Canadian uh, stuff. I like it. Just, I was writing trivia for a game show and I learned about awesome. Halifax explosion. Can, it's yeah, Halifax explosion. 1917. It was like these two boats in this uh, armaments. It was just... Yeah, it was terrible. The, the largest ever accidental man-made explosion. Yeah. yeah. It was the biggest explosion uh, oh, up so, to, to uh, date. So I it think, was during so. the first World War. It was in 1917. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Norwegian vessel SS Imo or Imo yeah. collided with the SS Mont Blanc, which is a French cargo ship yeah. laden with high explosives. That's right. And, and Halifax I- still play, still pays for Boston's giant Christmas tree every year as a thank you for Boston coming to their aid. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Math of that. Yeah, yeah. just in Halifax, nice city. Yeah, a friend of mine from back in Ann Arbor wrote a book about the explosion and is trying to get it made into a movie right now, which I think would be really interesting because I ha- I don't think it's been covered that much in popular culture and it's like a cra- like the, the anchor from the boat got thrown and landed like five miles away yeah that's away right it's insane it's like, insane like a t- two ton anchor or something. yeah it's- there's a bunch of people buried like in the, they got the, the city center graveyards and it, it's a man there's like so many little graveyards in that city and, uh, and they get uh, Halifax like a bunch, bunch of uh, people from the Titanic Buried like right downtown in the graveyard. People who survived the Titanic died in the explosion. No, people died in the Titanic, uh, but then they got their bodies out and they like oh, okay. buried them. A lot of them in Halifax. And they aren't from Halifax. Uh, I don't think they were, but they, the the Titanic was supposed to go to uh, Newfoundland, which was oh, close to Halifax. And then I guess they you know for... about that. No, but I, I did go to the. I performed once at the Titanic Festival. Right, and uh, it was hysterical. They have they have a Titanic uh, museum in, Belfast, in Ireland, right. and, in oh. Belfast, and uh, they uh, they they had like a festival that they created when they opened the museum. So I went and performed there. It was kind of weird. It was just like doing a celebration a, show at the Titanic of festival. A death, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's bizarre. Like One hundred years ago, a terrible thing happened, guys. Ooh, give me a woo. <laughs> so anyway, sorry, Matt. I cut you off from actual science to talk about about no, the that's cool. Um, 
Uh, it was interesting. But here's a, the scientific fact. Actually, it was the biggest explosion, I think, ever until man-made explosion until, until the atom bomb. So it's still yeah. the biggest accidental yeah. man-made explosion ever. But yeah, yeah, accidental, but biggest explosion nonetheless yeah. until the atom bomb. Yeah. That's what I just found out too. Hmm. Uh, I wonder if that makes it the biggest non-nuclear or oh, whatever. I'm sure there's other yeah. ways you could slice. The, sure, it's got some know. records. Yeah, it's nice that Canada is on the map. Even <laughs> yeah. uh, in yeah, some it's nice that doing something. Yeah, some because Americans don't really care enough about Canada, and at least they know about some horrific explosion yeah, that we did hundred years ago. It's a fascinating story. Yeah. Uh, Professor Melanie Johnson Hollett from the Curtin University node of the International Center for Radio Astronomy Research said the event was extraordinarily energetic. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long walk to that oh description. My God. We've seen outbursts in the center of galaxies before, but this one is really, really massive, oh she my says. God. By the way, I massive is the correct word in physics just meaning it has a large yeah, amount of mass right. or, yeah, and yeah. for energy but it sounds like someone like fangirling over like a going to see an amazing concert yeah like that's what it sounds like sounds like a teeny really bopper really just massive. fangirling over justin bieber just massive. nice it's just some nerd scientist just like this is the best thing all right I've seen in my life. someone's having an outburst but it happened very slowly like an out explosion in slow motion that took place over hundreds of millions of years oh, oh really the explosion occurred in the Orpheus galaxy cluster about 390 million light years from Earth. Wow. It was so powerful, it punched the cavity in the cluster plasma, the super hot gas surrounding the black hole. Lead all through the study, Dr. Simona Giancucci from the Naval Research Lab in the U.S. said the blast was similar to the 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens, which ripped the top of the mountain. Was it really similar? Is it? The I difference is like- you could fit 15 Milky Way galaxies in a row into the crater this eruption pumped punched into the cluster's hot gas. I'm sorry, but this does really sound like a porn novel. Like, it is definitely gray. <laughs> World what is that book called? It's uh, Fifty, 50, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey? Yes. Yeah. Uh, still, gray shades matter. <laughs> um, no, turning into my grandmother who got yeah, everything wrong. She's like, you know that, that book that was called Twenty Shades of Blue? Yes. Right, right. That was really... A, it was, gray shades matter. It was really outrageous, that book. Uh, the researchers only realized what they discovered when they looked at the Orphicus, Orpheus galaxy cluster with radio telescopes. The radio data fitted inside the X-rays like a hand in a glove," said co-author Doctor <laughs> Maxim Markovitz. All right, I mean, I'm, I'm it's a patent. I will admit, oh I'm beginning God, to come over to your side of this argument here. This is science porn, isn't it? This you is are a, starting to make a reasonable how, point. This is how like science nerds get off. This yeah. is what they do. They they read articles like this. Yeah, talking about the Big Bang. Yeah, it they're like, gets, oh, right. Tell me more about the Big Bang. Yeah, come on. So this is a quencher that tells us an eruption of unprecedented size occurred. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The discovery was made using four telescopes, NASA's Chandra X-ray Observatory, ESA's XMM Newton, the Murchison Weifold Array in Western Australia, (laughs) and the giant meter-wave radio telescope in India. I am so wet right now. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's actually what it says here. She's just reading along with the article now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Professor Johnson Hollett, who is the director of the MWA and an expert in galaxy clusters, likened the finding to discovering the first dinosaur bones. Oh. It's a bit like archaeology, she said. We've been given the tools to dig deeper with low-frequency radio <laughs> telescopes. It does seem like a like So we should be able to find more outbursts like this now. Oh. The findings underscore the importance of studying the universe at different wavelengths said and then it Professor sounds, Johnson it Hollett. sounds like hippie nonsense, even though it's the real use of wavelengths. Yeah. You know? Going back and doing a multi-wavelength study has really made the difference here. 
and it's likely to be the first discovery of such as of many. Uh, she said, we made this discovery with phase one of the MWA when the telescope had 2,048 antennas pointed towards the sky. That's we'll an, soon that's be gathering the million anyway. antennas for every person in America. It really is. Yeah. We'll soon be gathering as 4,096, which should be 10 times more sensitive. That's interesting. Why are twice Doubling as many... Gets- what do you say with NWA? M- MWA, yeah. Oh, not NWA, not, not Ice-T and uh, Dr. Dre and the late uh, Sir Easy. I thought you were talking about the, cube. I thought you were talking about the no women's. Cube, sorry, you were talking about women's basketball league. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like wow, that's it's all of those. The crossover. They're yeah. pointing all of those things the at the sky reference. right now and just seeing yeah. if any of them can detect. <laughs> yeah, the Murchison Wide Field Array. Yeah, Death Row Science Records. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, so I I don't know why any of our listeners, if you know why. Twice four thousand and ninety six antennas is ten times more sensitive than two thousand and forty eight. When it's yeah, double the number, not very intuitive. That doesn't seem to. Yeah, I can't. I can't work out where. Because even if it's like, if it's the square, it would be four times. If it's the cube, it would be eight times. I feel like I'm on a podcast right now with uh, uh, Lewis and Wilbert. Lewis from Revenge Wilbur. of the Nerds. Lewis and Wilbur. Oh, I forgot. I, are those the main nerds? I forgot the. Oh my god! He's just pretending. Is like I don't watch. I don't watch nerd shit. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely seen it multiple. Accusing times. Accusing us of being nerds <laughs> when you're the one with facts. <laughs> the yeah. best movie ever. <laughs> it is. It's best movie ever. I guess neither one of those is known as booger, right? Booger is just booger. Booger yep. just booger. Yeah. Booger. Yeah. 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 But they are the main nerds. Are we at least they're the main, the main nerds? nerds. Yeah, they're the main nerds. nerds. Yeah. Okay, okay. They're the main yeah. nerds. Lewis and Gilbert. And we win at the end. Yeah, I forgot in what way. Revenge. We get revenge. Yeah. Revenge. There's the aforementioned. Yeah, the titular revenge. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jocks always One of lose these and days, we'll win. turn it around. Revenge of the nerds. <laughs> <laughs> revenge of the nerds. <laughs> I'm more of a weird science guy when it comes to themes. Oh, that was a good one. Weird too. science. Yeah. You told me you were combing your hair. <laughs> weird science was great. Uh, I still prefer Real Genius, but. I mean, they both have their merits. Oh, it was, was that um, uh, Val Kilmer? It was. Right. This. I prefer the first two-thirds of Real Genius. We've discussed this yeah, before. Yeah, the popcorn is ridiculous. It does. Yeah, Act 3 definitely takes a turn. <laughs> <laughs> 80s movies about science are the best. Yeah. But um, it's before anyone could Google stuff and... Yeah, that's when you just can still have was, a... There was yeah. no fact checker. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, fact checking just ruined everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Brown did send in this other story about, uh, while we're on space, molecular oxygen has been spotted beyond the Milky Way for the first time. Ooh. The elusive molecule turned up in a quasar more than half a billion light years from Earth. For the first time, uh, they found molecular oxygen, the same gas humans need to breathe, in a galaxy outside of the Milky Way, Oxygen is the third most common element in the cosmos after hydrogen and helium. That surprises I didn't me as well. Know that I thought we had talked about how I guess it's just the fact that like elemental oxygen is just very unstable and uh, you're not likely to come across it um, in a non-life ha- in a planet without life on it. But that doesn't mean as an element within other compounds, it's not right. Yeah, but I wonder why it would be the most third most common because everything is produced in. So that means there could be life out there. Well, it, so ever I mean, there could be anyway, but it, I don't, why is oxygen the third most common? Because it's not the most stable in the is hydrogen and helium are one and two. Because like I think iron Which, is where where um, 
the nuclei hit their highest level of stability. But also you said the first two are hydrogen and helium or not? Yeah, exactly. So it's like one, two, one 16. Two, yeah, why would it jump ahead? Um, I don't know. Again, if you know, please let us know. So astronomers once thought molecular oxygen would be common in the space between the stars, but despite repeated searches, no one had seen molecular bo- oxygen beyond our galaxy until now. Yunzi Wang, an astronomer at Shanghai Astronomical Observer- Observatory in China, and his colleagues spotted the molecule's calling card in a galaxy named Markian 231 which is 560 million light years away in the constellation Ursa Major. That's over a million light years for every citizen in America. (laughs) (laughs) So is that like like a three-hour flight? Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) As as long as... How much faster than light are you able to go these days? I forget. Yeah. But... (laughs) <laughs> uh, Markian 231 is the nearest galaxy to Earth that contains a quasar where gas whirls around a supermassive black hole and gets so hot that it glows brilliantly. Using radio telescopes in Spain and France, the astronomers saw radiation at a wavelength of 2.52 millimeters, which is a signature of oxygen's presence. That's classic oxygen. It's like so it's oxygen. Just, oh my God, I love classic oxygen. Classic oxygen. Classic I mean, oxygen. Retro oxygen. Classic oxygen all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to... <laughs> Marky and two three one. The team reported it uh, was reported in the February first issue of oh, Astrophysical dear. Journal. This is the first detection of molecular oxygen in an extra galactic object. It's also the most molecular oxygen ever seen outside of the solar system. Previously, astronomers have seen a molecule in just two star-forming clouds within the Milky Way: the Orion Nebula and the Rho Ophiuchi cloud. Astronomers think the shortage of interstellar O2 is due to oxygen atoms and water molecules freezing onto dr- dust grains, locking up the oxygen. But in the stellar nurseries, shocks from bright newborn stars can rip water ice from the dust, freeing the oxygen atoms to find each other and form molecules. Hmm. But even there in the Orion Nebula, molecular oxygen is rare, with hydrogen molecules outnumbering oxygen a million to one. That's that- over. <laughs> <laughs> this is giving me PTSD from uh, science class. I'm mm-hmm. like, I just know I'm going to fail this test. Yeah. <laughs> you will be tested. Uh, yeah, just, be. I, I just know I'm going to fail. Uh, Summer school for me, I'm screwed. But molecular oxygen, hydrogen also dominates in Markian 231, but molecular oxygen spans the outskirts of the galactic disk at abundances more than 100 times greater than in the Orion Nebula. They don't make uh, good hydrogen blimps anymore, do they? They for some I don't know what the reason was they stopped doing that. I, I can't think in 1937 they just stopped. Yeah, because they were just because I remember happened. that was yeah. that one and everyone loved it. They were like, oh, yeah. Yeah. humanity! <laughs> remember, remember the <laughs> no more humanities achieved. Remember the oh. na- remember the Nazis? They're just yeah. like, yeah, we got this wonderful blimp. It's going to go to New Jersey. Great. <laughs> nothing bad will happen. So nothing bad will happen. Even and, and two years after that, nothing bad will happen then either. <laughs> and for the next six years, yeah. and for the next six years, it will be glory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but something bad happened. Yeah. I, apparently. So, there is no known explanation for, yeah. for an know. abundance that high of molecular oxygen. <laughs> to confirm that the radiation really arises from O2, Melnick says the obs- observers should look for a second wavelength from the molecule, which won't be easy, says Wang, because the other molecules also emit radiation at those... To shore up the case for, for the O2, the scientists went around the many molecules that give off wavelengths similar to the one detected and found that nobody had ever seen any of those molecules in space except for O2. It's guilt by elimination, if you will, says team member Paul Goldsmith, who's an astronomer at the J- at JPL, just up the road from us. Oh, yeah. One possible explanation for all the O2 is that Markian 231 goes through a more vigorous version of the Orion Nebula's oxygen-forming process. The galaxy is a prolific star factory, spawning new stars 100 times as fast as the Milky Way and spewing out 700 solar masses of gas every year. Damn. 
high-speed gas from the galaxy's center may slam into gas in the disk, shaking water ice from dust grains so the molecular oxygen can form. In turn, that oxygen could help the, keep the galaxy hyperactive. Radiation the molecule emits helps cool the gas so that some of it can collapse and create even more stars oh, nice. in that galaxy. Hmm. Isn't that lovely? Wow. And then we can... We can travel up there and capture that oxygen and live forever. Sure, that's exactly what we're doing. How, how many light years away is it again? Is it 500 million, I think? Just yeah, a, 560 just million. Just a quick little 500 million. Yeah, yeah. No, no so, yeah, so that would take... Have you guys been to space, by the way? Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't been to space? Yeah? I'm, I'm hoping to go next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, they did... We, we don't have time to cover this story, but uh, the, they reopened... There are now uh, open applications for a- astronauts. If you yeah, have a, oh, really? a couple degree. of people have sent in. So there's going to be a lot of kids that will be very excited because yeah. you didn't want to be an astronaut with a kid. Including Mike Brown, yeah. who sent in that last story, sent in. Uh, sent fate that? is calling again. He sent a link. We'll, we would, you guys, would you guys apply. go to space if, if they said, hey, do you? Sure. I, would go, I would go in a heartbeat yes. if, yeah. if it ha- didn't involve either qualifications that I don't will not attain and years of training or dropping... 200 million on a private company right right, right. neither of which i'm currently in a place to do but if, it, if they you were like 200 million dollars like the head of cirque du soleil i'm using i'm I, i'm i'm you know i'm getting married later in the year and we're hoping to buy a house so i'm saving off of both those two things so okay that's cool so i can't i can't drop 200 million yeah. right now it's a bad time for me to drop 200 million you know it is a little sure. bad time yeah. yeah it's a bad time but yes i would also go if they suddenly drafted that's, us for some reason if we were needed by uh, by space force sure mm-hmm. space force He's like you guys are the only guys and we're yeah. sending up there <laughs> and you're gonna do a great job you do a great podcast space we're sending up there space needs podcasters and yeah. i i will gladly volunteer my services i will mm-hmm. happily be the first you? podcaster in space is the first podcaster in space we'll do it simultaneously but yes. yeah but we should wrap things up. Where we should wrap I- things up. Yeah, where can they find... Firstly, Sharon, you've got a show coming up in LA and we I want do. to send people that way. Yes, it's uh, March the 23rd at the Lyric Hyperion Love Theater. Love the Lyric Hyperion. At 7 p.m. I am performing my award-winning solo comedy show called Thunder Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> it is very scientific. Yes, how's yeah. it? It is, absolutely. She's got a sequel. It's called Thunder Cunt Goes to Space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it would. Uh, it's it's going to so be great. That what that date once again? March twenty third. March twenty third at, at the Lyric 7 Hyperion. PM at the Lyric Hyperion. If you're in LA, you'll know the Lyric Hyperion. It's just sort of in it's in Silver Lake, and it's a great little theater. They have a lot of they have a good relationship with the Edinburgh Fringe. They have a lot of shows right. that transfer either there or back again. That's right. Because I did the show in Edinburgh recently, right? And um, spent two or three Australia and uh, Canada. So this is a well honed show. You're not you're yeah. not messing around here. No, that's right. It's it's uh, it's very cunty. Yeah, it's not just and how thunderous. It's 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 level four. Wow. Yeah, That's it's almost palliative levels. cunt. Yeah, yeah. That is a very high level. And where, yeah. where else can Stage they find four. you apart from if they don't live anywhere near LA? Where else can they find you? Presumably on the Twitters and uh, yeah, Instagrams on Instagram, um, Sharon Mahoney one five zero. All right. Yeah. Excellent. And then yourself? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my name is Byron Bertram. That's B Y R O N B E R T R A M. And just lowercase at Facebook. You follow me on uh, at yeah all my platforms is Byron Bertram. Follow me, like me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter. Nice. Subscribe to me on YouPorn. Yeah, um, and also if you just make like a didgeridoo sound out of the window, he yeah. will come. Also, I have an album with eight hundred pound Gorilla Records comedy. Oh, album. nice! Yeah, nice. it's called Passport and Prozac, and it's on all the. Uh, You'll find that on all of those different streaming platforms, all the, yeah, Spotify and, 
Pandora and uh, Google Google Earth. No, Google Google Play. <laughs> yeah, zoom in oh, on yeah. wherever he is. Yeah, zoom in on where the album is. And all the all the streaming things, Apple and all that. You can find us at probablyscience.com, uh, at Probably Science on Twitter, uh, Probably Science on Facebook. You can find us individually at Andy T. Wood, mm-hmm. at Matt Kirshen. ProbablyScience.com is also where you will find it, the show notes, the links to the stories we've covered, and also the donation buttons yeah. for both our Patreon and uh, PayPal and also you can write nice things about it on iTunes and on any of your podcast reviewing platforms of your choice write nice things about us give us five stars do all that kind of stuff it helps people find us do that we like it and we like you and keep sending us questions comments clarifications stories you would like us to cover to probablyscience at Mm gmail.com so thank you so much listeners thank you double Canadian thank you Byron and Sharon thanks for having us guys that was heaps of fun thanks Thanks a lot see you next week bye cheers